The greatness of a community is most accurately measured by the compassionate actions of its leaders and volunteers. Every week, founder of the community Big Hearts, Stu Starkey, will place the spotlight on leaders and volunteers, highlight key stories and statistics, and share insights to educate listeners and inspire everyone to have greater impact in their communities. Welcome to the community of Big Hearts. Welcome back, everybody, to the Community of Big Hearts. Uh, it's been a bit of a break. Excited to get back to it. And this week, we have Cheryl Zeeland uh, from Cranked Energy Bars. Cheryl is uh, an amazing lady from what I've read about her in, in a couple-minute discussion prior. Uh, mom of three, uh, accountant by trade, and found a passion in the energy bar business, Um one, a few cool things I read about it. You, you've cracked a million bars sold recently, and uh, you're part of a small business council for uh, the mayor of Winnipeg. Is that right? Yeah, I was on the. Um, oh, hi, everyone. I was on the task force when COVID first hit uh, with the mayor, so that was really exciting. And I was also on the uh, chamber task force as well. So it was really nice to be kind of recognized as a voice for small business um, when everything kind of hit us uh, during the pandemic, that first, first, uh, few months. So yeah, a million bars sold. Yeah. We hit that a while ago. That was a crazy milestone. You kind of don't realize it creeps up on you. And then you're kind of in your financial statements a bit and looking around, like I, I do being a CPA and I'm like, wow, we're almost at a million bars sold. That's crazy. I mean, the million bites, like people have taken like a million bars out of their fridge. <laughs> When you think about that, that's pretty amazing for a small business. I don't often say, yay team, like pat ourselves on the back because we're always pushing forward, but that was a moment to celebrate for sure. Being an entrepreneur um, and talking to uh, many other entrepreneurs, it, it's something that we're not very good at is reflecting back and, and celebrating those milestones. So uh, I was hoping I could do a little bit of that for you. That's so cool to see the seven figure number uh, of your products sold. Um, I know we've done that a little bit in our business, Two Small Men, um, especially recently, um, looking back at how many moves that we're doing over over 10,000 a year right now. And it's just so cool to see those numbers. And, um, you know, day to day, you don't take a look at that and you don't uh, feel that pride. So really cool. And, and Winnipeg, uh, home and homegrown, is that right? born and raised. Yeah. I had a brief stint in Calgary for four years. We had our oldest son in Calgary. We moved uh, for my husband's work. And then I was with KPMG at the time and took a transfer and got pregnant there, but that was my only stint away. It was good. It was good to spend four years away. Uh, Calgary is a wonderful city, but it's very transient. Um, you know, it's hard to make those solid relationships uh, in a different province. I missed family and coming back was just a natural thing for us to do. We really missed this province and the people. I've done the same thing. Spent some time away. So good to be back. Um, I wanted to ask you just to kick it off here to let us know what's the most important things to know about Cranked Energy Bars. Well, oh goodness, you are getting me to reflect. The most important thing is that about our product in general, because I don't often speak about our product, but it is a really, really good tasting protein bar. Unlike any protein bar you've ever had, there's no chalky taste. When I was creating it and it wasn't ever supposed to become a company or a business like this, it was merely just to, I wanted to feed my family a 
better snack, a better grab and go option, including my husband and myself. Uh, and I just didn't see anything on the market that wasn't full of chemicals and whatnot. So having it in the fridge is very risky. Uh, seven years ago when we launched, it was one of the key things uh, retailers told me they wouldn't accept it. There was no fridge space. Um, it was too risky, expired product. They didn't want to worry about it. What if they couldn't sell it? So I was met with a lot of no's and of course continue to this day to be met with a lot of no's because the market has changed quite a bit. You'll see a lot more fresh food uh, available, but it's still not where it needs to be. So it's a constant grind um, to get people to try our product. And in a pandemic year, when you can't do any sampling or whatnot, it's been a very hard year. But I want people to know that we love creating flavors that kind of bring back a bit of nostalgia for you in terms of your favorite treats. Um, so you get a hint of that treat, but it's a very healthy, uh, filling protein bar that is not full of chemicals and you'll want to eat it every day. I mean, I've eaten a bar every day, probably for a decade, almost a decade now from when we started creating it. So, and I'm not sick of it. Isn't that shocking? <laughs> the, um, so yeah, thank you for that. And, and, uh, wanted to know kind of the origin stories, which you kind of got into, I did a little bit of reading and, and heard that you had tested more than 50 recipes before you even started with your first real recipe that you wanted to run with. Um, I, I want to hear just that. Why did you get started? And then after we do that, I'm going to circle back to the more important conversation for this podcast, which is the community aspect of what you're doing, how you got started there. Sure. Uh, I, I remember standing in Chicago. Uh, I just run the Chicago marathon and I was looking for a grab and go option. That was kind of a complete all in one high protein carbs, fat tasted really good. And there was nothing on the shelf in the fridge. There was yogurts and fruit and whatnot, but the only option was a shelf bar. And it was kind of that moment that I thought, you know what, I'm just going to try to make my own. And a lot of people do go that route and they want to make energy bars for their family. But I mean, it took 72 iterations of where I started from every month. I would kind of tinker around. And that's just a, a lesson of persistency, like persistence. I just thought that at some point I would get there and it, there was no rush. This wasn't supposed to be a company like it is today. It was just, you know, something to do when I was at home with my kids, but every single month I would tinker around and every single month, the tray was awful. Tastes like chalky protein bar, the, the, the typical. And I know a lot of people ask me, you know, what was the turning point? And I don't actually have one that was like, oh, this is the, this is the ingredient that made it work. It was a combination of, you know, 13, 14 different ingredients that mixed together perfectly and created what we now know as the cranked energy bar. And is there just one flavor, one recipe right now? We started with the one and it's now we have, oh my God, this is crazy to think 16 flavors, Wow! which we don't have them all available at the same time. We have some seasonal pumpkin spice comes out in the fall, gingerbread at Christmas, chocolate cherry at Valentine's day, um, s'mores in the summer, mini egg at Easter. So we are always evolving and, but our basic lineup that you can eat every single day and is available at the retailers, there's uh, five or six that are a consistent lineup. I could talk the business side of this for quite a few hours. Um, but it's not that interesting though, right? <laughs> I, I just love it. I, I was born this way and, and definitely have a passion for it. But uh, I, for the purpose of this podcast, I want to get into the community initiative side. Sure. Um, I have read and been told by a few people, um, giving back to the community, helping your communities, a big passion of yours. So I'd love to know how and why you got started in that area. 
Yeah, community has always been, uh, I've been asked this question a lot and I've had a chance to reflect on who I am as a person. And this would have started probably when I was a lot younger. I'm always giving, I'm, I've been the giver for so long. I'm the middle child. I call myself the peacemaker. You know, I have an older brother, younger sister. Us middle children can sometimes keep the peace. I give and take from both, but I'm always giving because I'm always trying to keep peace. And I feel like that's just how it is in business too. I'm always giving. I want to not only see our company grow, I want to see other small businesses grow as we've grown and people have invested their hard-earned money in buying our product and enjoying them. I want them to know that their money goes towards purpose. I don't, I don't see ourselves as a, just a profit company. I don't want to be that company. That's all about profits. I, I, it was never about the money for me. If it was, I would have drawn a paycheck a lot earlier than I did. I mean, you probably know how it is. You just reinvest, reinvest, make sure your payroll's covered, you know, and, and giving back is one of our top priorities. So if that means that, you know, Cheryl gets less that month because we have a few initiatives that I really am passionate about, that's how it works. And I'm comfortable with running the business that way. And I'm so glad that our province and other provinces as well, because now with our growing Instagram and we're shipping across Canada, we're able to pull in from not just Winnipeg initiatives, Manitoba initiatives, but Canadian initiatives, which is really exciting as well. So it's always been in me. I feel like it's a natural thing for most people, but a lot of people just don't know how to give back. They want to, but there's so many options. There's so many ways to do it. And it kind of just gets a little fuzzy. So I hope that Cranked Energy is able to clarify a lot of that by sharing what we do and tagging other organizations and doing the call outs for help that we do where people are able to join with us, support, um, and help out with the initiatives that speak to them. Yeah, Cheryl, that is the exact reason why we have these, this podcast, um, these conversations, is to find people like yourself. I read a quote recently, it was uh, Peter Drucker, uh, who said, um, for some, this is paraphrasing, but basically, for something great to happen, it takes someone with great passion mm -hmm. to start it. Oh, and, and there's so many people uh, we've talked to about giving back to the community. And, and like you say, everybody wants to do it. Uh, they either feel they don't have enough time or they just don't know where to start. And so that's exactly what inspired this podcast, these conversations on uh, just giving a bit more of a roadmap on how to give back. It's not, it doesn't need to be that overwhelming. It doesn't need to be that huge of an endeavor. You can do it small. You can do it big. As long as the impact is there and it feels good for you, that's what we want. That's what we're trying to inspire. So good for you for taking on that and being a leader in that area. Thank you. Yeah, I think that everyone at the Cranked um, team is just as passionate as I am about it. It's the first thing we think about. Um, none of our product that is not able to be sold, whether it's cut in half or whatever, gets thrown out. We donate it. We're working with a few shelters right now um, and recovery programs to get bars out to them. We don't waste anything. And I think when it's the first thing your team thinks about, um, instead of throwing things out, they come to you and say, can we use this? What can we use this for? Who should we contact? I'm doing the right thing because it's at the forefront of who they are. And I think that's true for a lot of people. You just have to give them kind of a venue to showcase that. Giving back is a tangible feeling. Uh, I know it feels good to give back when you make a direct impact, um, whether it's small, big, it doesn't have to be monetary. I tell people that all the time, 
not everyone can give money. Small businesses especially don't have thousands and thousands of dollars, but what we do have is product. We have resources, we have time, we have a team that's interested. We have athletes that we sponsor that wanna give back. So we're constantly finding ways to um, do that. And it's like a part-time job. We actually have a team member who is in charge of sponsorships, donations, events, and community initiatives. Isn't that crazy? Like it's an actual paid job because it's so important to me. It's just as important as getting product made and product out. I actually read that that was your first hire was a community events coordinator. Yeah. <laughs> Isn't that crazy? I hired her before I hired uh, a sales manager. <laughs> crazy. It's yeah. just the request and the need was so strong. I mean, when you're getting emails daily and not just from, you know, individual customers, but organizations and businesses needing help or to be connected to someone, or do you know of anyone that could help us that kind of thing? Um, as a business owner, you can't just ignore that, especially for me, it spoke to my heart and it just, I couldn't do it all. It was becoming a bit overwhelming for me personally to answer all of them and, and get the initiatives done. So I have a wonderful coordinator, Jill, who I, I throw the ball to and she executes like a pro. It's amazing. So, and she can almost anticipate um, what we're gonna do because she knows me so well. What's your favorite initiative that you guys are supporting, uh, Cheryl? Oh gosh, you know what? I, I actually don't have an absolute favorite, the one, uh, initiative that we seem to keep coming back to continuously all year is our um, community initiatives with um, the northern communities and getting stuff out to about 17 reserve communities in Manitoba. We've been working very closely with um, a specific program. I'm just going to get their name right because they're so like I don't know if a lot of people know about them, but they're called the STAR program, um, S-T-A-R, but it's Success Through Advocacy and Mentoring, and it's an FASD prevention program, and they take care of 17 um, northern communities with at-risk women of having FASD babies um, and other things, like just making sure they're okay right now, which is funny, we're doing this podcast right now, we're doing a donation drive at Cranked Energy to help, um, they're all being displaced because of the fires. So they're all coming into the city and being displaced to a bunch of hotels and whatnot, and they need stuff. And when the STAR program reaches out, the director or anyone reaches out to us and says, can you help us? Can we use your social media platform to spread the news, to spread the word? We are 100% in. So we started this yesterday and our shop has been a revolving door with donations. The, the team at Cranked is like, oh my goodness, it's just all these donations are coming in. We've got high chairs and bikes and diapers and clothing and I mean, activity sets. And it's not just individual customers that are, are doing this. It's other small businesses that follow us on Instagram and they see what we're doing and they say, hey, I own a Play-Doh um, company or I own a coloring um, you know, I have coloring sets, I can get those to you so you can give them to the communities. Like that is where I think our best work is done. Uh, you're definitely speaking my language here. What we've been talking about for a couple of seasons here is, um, and, and where we try to lead by example. So Two Small Men started by um, giving our moving services to those most vulnerable and in need. And um, we felt so good doing it we, we ended up making it our, our business purpose 
is to leverage our platform to give more. And, and when a small business ends up giving their services and their expertise, that's the most leverage given you can, you can have. Our cash is absolutely most needed to be directed back into the business. Our services is the output that we can most have the most impact with. So um, we're really proud to be uh, having impact like that and, and super excited that you're passionate about doing the same. And, and to speak of that, if you're needing like small furniture items or even large furniture items or um, uh, clothing, we have a program in Alberta with Two Small Men where we get our customers to donate their goods to uh, partner charities. Mm -hmm. um, and if, if you have, um, we don't have a partner in Manitoba right now. So if you could use clothing and furniture, we can direct all of our customers to um, drop off their goods at, at your place. We will talk absolutely because we work all year. It's not, it's not a one time thing for us with these communities. I'm so passionate about um, Northern communities and I want them to be able to have access to quality food. Um, I just don't know why we can't get better food up there for them. So I'm, I'm with you, anything to make it easier. And you can just feel like their gratitude when you help, right? It's like a tangible feeling and you don't do it for a specific, oh, look, I helped you kind of purpose. It's because that's who we are. That's who we should be. We should be kind and help others. And it may sound corny to a lot of people, but um, that's how small businesses are run right, right from the heart. Amazing. Let's take a look at this from the other side then, and we'll continue to look at it from, from two perspectives, one from the business perspective and one from your community um, passion. So what are your main, major obstacles uh, with the business and, and the community giving? Um, well, I mean, we could, we could, if the balance is really tough, right? We are a small business that wants to grow and be profitable and grow um, into a national wide company. Uh, and then we're doing a ton of community initiatives, which take a lot of time and often quite, quite a bit of resources and money. So we have to balance it. We, we're not a not-for-profit. So we, we need to make that very clear that we do a ton of charitable work and it, we're passionate about it, but we do have to focus on production, um, our sales, our marketing, growing the business, because without that, we, we can't do any of the other stuff. So I think that balance is really hard on me too. A lot of my time is spent being pulled into the charitable side because that's my passion. I love, love, love it. But the business side, the production side, the financial side, the scale up side is where most of my time should be spent right now. So I think that is the hardest part right now for me. Um, and then how do we scale this kind of across Canada? I'm so passionate about our city and our province and the needs that are within here. What happens when we get into other markets? I'm, I'm going to feel that pull into their communities as well. Um, so I want to make sure it's scalable so that we can help organizations, not just in Manitoba, but as we grow into Saskatchewan and Alberta and BC, that we're able to partner up and do the same kind of work. It, it's who we are to the core. And sometimes that scares me a little. Are we going to be able mm -hmm. to do that? I don't want to not be able to do that. One comment I'd make is, so we've been exploring this for a while now. And, um, what we've realized was we started with the purpose of giving back um, we know we need to make the business sustainably profitable so we can sustainably give to our communities. Um, but what we found um, 
we were really happy to find out is that it became a little bit of a flywheel. The more we gave, the more we got support from the community for our business, as well as we got energized staff. They just, our staff love giving back the community and they really are connected with the cause and have a stronger purpose with our business because of it. And then we get a more productive staff member. So it, it really is this, um, uh, the, this giving that, that keeps giving back to the business as well. Um, our intention was just to, just to give to the community and it, and it ended up just snowballing and giving back. So uh, I hope you find the same thing. Yeah, I, I don't think um, when the pandemic hit and we were not sure if people were going to eat a premium protein bar, right? I mean, mm. we had no idea. Or, or is this going to be the first thing to go? I mean, toilet paper was number one purchases and we're like, are they going to eat the bars? And they did. And they continued to do it. They didn't want to lose that comfort that they had in like a staple of their life in terms of a fresh protein bar, but also they didn't want to lose, I think, giving back to us because we turned around in the first two months of the pandemic and launched free hug soon t-shirts and gave all the money, hundred percent of the money to the emergency response um, team to take care of those in need on the streets and making sure they were safe during the first few months of the pandemic. So, I mean, without that, we wouldn't have been able to turn around and fully fund a whole, whole line of t-shirts to donate hundred percent of the profits. Right. So I think that was a turning point for me that we've built a brand that um, speaks to people far beyond a tasty protein bar, far, far beyond. And I'm, I'm just so honored that um, that, that kind of came to light during this pandemic. I, I love how many initiatives you got going every time. As we continue to talk, I keep learning more and more about all the initiatives and giving you're doing. Um, I, I got uh, another question, uh, which is two-faceted again. So do you have any specific goals for the, um, the business for the future? So right now we are redesigning our package. We're going to pre-printed film, which is a massive, massive step for us. Um, it provides traceability. It provides a, our new branding is unbelievable. We hired a local company. We love to love, love, love to use local. Um, it's one of our, our biggest things is who locally can we use? Yeah, you can go to Vancouver, Toronto um, to get big design teams, but our province has amazing, talented people as well. So we start there first and found um, Tetro Design and they've designed our new packaging. It's going to be so cool. I can't wait, wait to launch it. And then, um, yeah, we're in discussions across Canada for, for retail. Um, it's just the pandemic was uh, put it all on hold. And now that things are starting to open up again, we're starting to do uh, the 2021 national launch is uh, coming, coming to the forefront and it's really scary and exciting. Now, look, we do have a risk of um, refrigerated shipping. Let's, let's just be honest here. A fresh protein bar doesn't travel well in the summer months when it's warm with uh, peanut butter as their main base. So that being said, um, we ship in thermal line boxes with technology, with certain ice packs, we're testing out ice packs, but yeah, we lose a lot of product. We're, we're not at that level where you can do a refrigerated shipment because we don't ship palleted, right? We ship direct to store. We don't ship to distribution centers. I mean, there's this whole um, logistical chaos that's, that happens with our product in terms of getting it into the hands of a store and that it arrives at the right temperature and the right shape. <laughs> so uh, I'm a CPA. I don't know a lot of this stuff. It takes me a little bit longer to do it 
um because I like to do it right I like to learn as we go and we make a thousand mistakes until we do it right and that takes time and I'm okay with that so watch out for our new packaging um we will absolutely be in stores across Canada come fall which is really exciting too um yeah we're hiring at the kitchen we're always looking for great team members as we scale up we want long-term team members which i'm sure you find you know team building is probably the hardest thing with small business is getting the right people who have the same passion as you and take really good ownership of the company that you've built and that's really really i'm finding that's really hard to do certainly right now it's one of the hardest times we ever had to uh to continue to grow our team with the quality members that we're looking for. Uh, we now have over 200 staff and uh, the demand is insane. Who, who knew a pandemic would be good for moving? Um, but yeah, it's, uh, it, it's pretty wild. Pandemic was a great time to move. There's nothing else going on. Well, like, that, I, we, we didn't anticipate that in March, 2020, but uh, <laughs> We've been, we've been living it ever since. And it's a great problem to have given some of the other businesses and what they're going through. Um, it is nice that there's a lot of surprise um, industries that have really flourished. Um, ones that probably were, you know, having difficulty before or kind of stagnant, whatever. That is really exciting to see. So with all the industries that did suffer and continue to suffer, a lot of our friends are restaurant owners, gym owners, um, salon owners. Hmm. So it's been really hard to watch them and it just makes the community initiatives and give back even more important um, because we need to rally as a community and we need to remind people to support local as much as they can, when they can. And Wino Cranked Energy will continue to do that and use our social media platform and the people that we have that trust us, we will make sure that they're um, reminded continuously of the importance to put their hard-earned dollars back into the community. I imagine the, uh, the hardest or the biggest obstacle in terms of your community initiatives is just the sustained growth of the main cranked energy bar business. Is there mm -hmm. any other obstacles that come to mind? In terms of community growth, for us, it's just the volume. Um, we have a hard time saying no and then right you, you want to say yes to everything i hate saying no it's like oh but we're we are small business there's only five five you know in the kitchen and then two executive type level and me so there's only so much we can do um and you know i'm a mom of three and my husband owns a company too where and then you got to have a little bit of self-care in there too for yourself and i'm not your young spring chicken here i'm an older entrepreneur so i do need like a little bit of downtime now and then but i don't like it even on my days off and my my team will will say this on my days off i'm volunteering or i'm running around collecting donations or i'm doing a plan of our next fundraising spin event for a charity or i'm getting our athletes set up to go volunteer at something that they're passionate about the ones that we sponsor i think that's important to touch on quickly just in terms of athlete sponsorship we get asked to sponsor athletes all the time and it, for us, it's not about giving them product and asking them to post on Instagram on their social media. That doesn't do anything for us. And that's not who we are. We, we have athletes who are genuinely interested in if we say, hey, let's go to this um, team's hockey practice and you're going to take over the practice. 
Um, and they're like, yeah, let's do it. Or, you know, we're going to go curl with special Olympics. You know, we've taken our men's curling team that we sponsor to practice with them and the, their faces. Oh my goodness. We bring a photographer, we bring food. Um, those are just the best moments for cranked energy is watching those faces light up when they have a professional football player or a Olympic medalist, you know, there with their Olympic medal holding, holding the medal and taking photos and signing autographs. It's just, it's good for the athletes to ground them into back into their community. And it's good for us to see the impact that we're making as well. Starts tomorrow, by the way. Um, no, so excited. <laughs> summer, winter and summer Olympics. I mean, I just, I'm thrilled. I was so sad when it was canceled last summer because I had everything lined up, swimming, gymnastics. I mean, I have your, my schedule, right? Everyone has their favorite sports and they can't wait to, to watch. So very excited that those athletes are getting their chance. Like I can't imagine how hard it was been, has been the last year postponing and focusing on training for an Olympics when you don't even know if it was going to happen and it's your one shot. I mean, that is what they work towards. Oh, I just love it. I'm a bit of an Olympics nerd. I, I used to train uh, myself, never made it to the Olympics, but uh, tomorrow on the podcast, we have uh, an Olympian and Pan American uh, medalist. So I'm excited to chat with her. Oh, I guess her, her name's Sarah Wells. Oh. Uh, we'll, we'll, we'll blank out this part of the conversation. Okay. So it, but yeah, I, I'm, I'm super pumped to chat with her and she's got a really cool initiative uh, called um, Believe, which is uh, teaching kids resiliency in the community. Oh. So really cool. Um, now I'm going to look up Believe. Like yeah. this is how it happens. Just there should just be a lot of conversations about community all the time. Like, what are you doing? Where, how, where? like, I just think people it's in them. They, they just need to be um, reminded of what they're passionate about and just then go for it. If it's, you know, disease or if it's, you know, the Northern communities or if it's youth or just marginalized anything, you just need to focus on that and, and find something and go donate your time. Time is such a valuable resource. Just go volunteer if you can. I love that message. Um, Time-wise, we're getting tight, but I want to ask this question too. How, how do you choose to give? Um, so you got a lot of people asking a lot of different initiatives to give your food to, obviously a really important um, commodity. Um, so how do you choose? Because we have to do the same thing. And I, I'm really excited this season bringing business owners on who are having to make these decisions. What's, what's your framework? I think it comes down to the relationships that have been built. Um, I think when you work with certain organizations over and over and they step up and you step up each time and you develop that relationship because that's what business is all about it's developing relationships and a trust there um so we always gravitate to the ones that we've worked with before they and if they're presenting new ideas or new initiatives to us we're excited about that as well i mean we could we could feed a recovery center for a year straight which would be great but then we're taking away from possibly feeding 10 recovery centers, one per month. And so we're constantly balancing. Uh, we, we don't exclusively work with any specific charity. We, we try to work with as many as we can fit in. That makes sense for our brand, for our product um, and time-wise. So yeah. Great advice. Uh, my last question, I prefaced this before we, we started. I ask everybody at the end. Um, what's the kindest thing anyone has ever done for you, Cheryl? 
you know, you asked me this at the start and I'm just, I'm still thinking because I have such kind moments every single day from, well, I mean, my family, that's just, my family's amazing. So they're kind all the time. And I don't even put them in that category because their kindness in terms of supporting um, my company and, and uh, my goals has been since I was young. But in terms of the general public, I think the kindest thing uh, the customers in general do for us is just when we put a call out for help, they answer. And I'm always floored. I never, I never expect anything. And what we get back is unbelievable. The people that go out of their way to put things together, drop them off at our store, gather their community so that they have a hundred items to donate instead of just one. So that takes effort. That takes time. That, that takes um, initiative on their part. And I'm, I just think that is the kindest thing you can do is, is to help others. And I'm very appreciative that they choose to help us. Cheryl Zeeland, it was an absolute pleasure talking to you. Um, I'm energized listening to your passion about your business Thank and you. uh, more importantly, your community giving. Uh, I love the message that I got from this chat, which is just follow your passion and figure out how to give through the process. So again, thank you so much. Thank you.